episode 245, a September check-in. This is the Ericast for the week of September 21, 2014. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. Well, welcome back to the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson. 206-339-3742 is still the listener feedback line. And in internet time, it's just one download away. You just go from one episode to the next. But in reality, here in 2014, the year we're actually living through right now, it's been a while. But, uh, yes, I'm back. At least briefly, I told Ruth that I want to get at least one podcast recorded. I almost named this one Killing the Cricket. But then I worried it's like that's some sort of euphemism for something. I need to see a man about a horse. I need to go kill the cricket, that sort of thing. There literally was a cricket in Ericast Studio A, also known as our basement. So past couple of days, I thought I really should get a podcast recorded, but I can't because it's kind of a whole Buddy Holly problem where there's a cricket in the background. But I think the cricket is no more. I actually saw two crickets. And I think one cricket is no, no more, and the other cricket is no longer talking to the first cricket. And I'm sure there's a whole Bugs Life, Jerry Seinfeld thing going on where I, I destroyed some happy cricket family. But, wow, is it annoying. Um, yes, that really may be the highlight of this episode, because <laughs> I've got I've got a list of show notes started in the end of July. Like, here are going to be my August episodes. Yeah, it didn't quite happen. So, thanks for listening. Reminding you that the Ericast is a personal podcast, meaning that you're either here because you know me, Eric Larson, and you're kind of wondering what's going on in my life, what's happening, etc. Or you picked up on a particular topic. This is not going to be one of those episodes. But you picked up on a particular topic and thought, oh, I'm going to start listening to this guy. If that happened to you with the last episode in July, talking about uh, faculty and technology and stuff, well, I managed to drive you away with my absence. Sort of a, a passive driving away. Uh, because I, I, things just got busy. Uh, in general, here in Minnesota, we have a brief period we call summer, where we try to get lots of stuff done. You, you go out and do fun things, etc. And did that. That was great. And then, since I work at an academic institution, starting in about mid-August, things get really, really, really busy. Then after they get really, really, really busy, they get busier, and then they're still busy. Things will start to calm down for us in early October. We can we can kind of see we're on the on the downswing now. So love it, love love the job. Eighteen years I've been doing it um, in one form or another, full time. Um, I stay because I really enjoy it. But <laughs> this is this is not the time of year to stay regular with a podcast. So just a couple of highlights. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Probably the biggest one I'll talk about, I guess. I'll just do a super short episode, just kind of a, a ping. Have I ever told the story of the ping sound in the uh, the Aircast intro? Uh, it really is that that uh, that submarine ping thing. If there's anybody out there, you kind of wait for the return the return bounce. So do that. Bounce back. Bounce with it. And uh, <laughs> '90s reference. Um, and give a call, 206-339-3742, conveniently spelling out 206-339-ERIC, E-R-I-C, um, and just check in so we can all kind of do the, hey, we're almost done with September, are you guys out there, what's up? 
So probably the biggest August highlight was three nights worth of road trips that I took from the Twin Cities metropolitan area, where the Aircast is based, down to Mason City, Iowa, which is just across the border. I mean, not just across the border. It's like, I don't know, 20 miles in maybe, um, but pretty close to the, the northern Iowa, thus southern Minnesota border. Because um, for those of you not in the area, Iowa is directly south of Minnesota. Um, the full width of the Minnesota border at the 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 straight line that is the bottom of Minnesota is the top of Iowa. Um, so if you head straight down I-35, you cross into Iowa, you drive past um, a couple big wind farms, which are really cool, and then you get to Mason City. Mason City is about five miles off the freeway. Mason City was home this summer to the PGI convention. And the PGI convention is the Pyrotechnicians Guild International. I have dreamed of going to the PGI um, ever since I read about them in George Plimpton's book on fireworks, um, entitled Fireworks, I believe is what it's called. And I thought at the time, wow, I've got to go to that. Um, it was, you know, I don't know, something like 15 years old at the time, because now it's like 40-some years old. Sort of annual. It wasn't really in the, in the beginning, but now it's an annual convention. Uh, and it moves around uh, nationally. It's like last year it was in Pennsylvania. Um, next year it's going to be in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, but this year it was in Mason City, which is only two hours south. So there were three nights, um, kind of in the middle of the week, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, and then the, the grand finale night on Friday, uh, where I left work, started heading south, and then sat in the, the bleachers, aluminum bleachers around a racetrack at the fairgrounds in Mason City. And what's interesting... Um, this is, like, up here in Minneapolis, we have what are called the Aquatennial Fireworks, because the Aquatennial, which I think was started in 1940, um, is sort of, you know, the summer celebration where you have a week of of stuff, you know, parades and um, milk carton boat races, which I think are probably harder now that milk cartons don't really exist anymore. When's the last time you saw milk in a carton? Remember those wax boxes? going to have to explain that to the girls. Yeah, milk used to come in a box. You can still find orange juice, but the, the orange juice carton races would be a, kind of a strange name. Um, and you can buy half and half in the carton, though it has a little screw top on the side. But the half and half races would, would sound really strange, too. Uh, anyway, so the Aquatennial uh, closes with a big fireworks display sponsored by Target, which everybody knows is a big national retailer, kind of like Walmart, except not. Uh, Target is based here in Minneapolis. So... They sponsor the Aquatennial Fireworks, and it's a huge, glorious display. If you like big fireworks displays, you go to that. But if you're a fireworks geek, you go to the PGI convention. I did not bring the girls, because it's a lot of time on the road and late night or whatever. And the problem is that a large portion of the PGI convention consists of sitting in the bleachers and listening to the announcers say, up next, we have Bob James from Peoria. His demonstration shell is a 8-inch double-burst chrysanthemum with peach stars turning to aqua with a double-bottom shot. 
and then you wait about a minute and a half for the shell to get all loaded and ready, and then the shell goes up and goes poof. And it, it, sometimes it looks like what it was intended to look like. That's not terribly exciting if you're not into the geek side of fireworks. Now, I will tell you that um, the large shell competition night, typical shells like you know, in what you'll see in the Aquitania are like a four to six inch shell with some eight inch shells, I mean like an eight inch ball. A basketball is nine inches around, so kind of gives you an idea of, of size. Uh, the large shell competition had um, 10 inch, 12 inch, and a couple 16 inch shells. The physics of a 16-inch shell detonating over your head are really very interesting because it, it, in some ways they don't look all that different because you know whether you have a 3-inch shell like right on top of you. In fact, the prettiest display was a competition display that they called um, a Class C display. It's 1.4G size. It's the consumer-level fireworks, which are defined by the amount of, the, of powder in each shell. So I mean, you can have a lot of them, which this had, but you know, th- I think they said the the large the largest shell they had, one of the 16-inch shells, was 65 pounds. It's a big shell. Um, there was one the first night. It was the first shell that went up. I had heard that this could happen. Um, I'd never seen it happen. It happened two or three times that, that night, and one of them was this 16-inch shell. It goes up. And they're launching it from way in the back of the, the, the cornfield behind the racetrack. I mean, plenty safe from where we were observing, but still a little bit nerve-wracking. So it goes up, and it goes up and over, and starts going down, and keeps going down, and doesn't explode. And hits the ground, at which point it then explodes. Because the impact of the shell and the fact that there is a fuse burning on it and stuff, um, it, it explodes the moment it hits. That's pretty dramatic. I feel bad for the corn. And the farmer who's going to have to farm the corn I was appeared to be a very pretty shell with all sorts of extra bursts going on out in the fields and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was the first 16-inch shell, which I, I was a little bit worried was going to set the tone for large shells. But... Um, but it got better. It got better. So, yeah, so that was, you know, it might be back in Mason City in, you know, in, in a few years. Um, will I go back? Maybe. Um, am I very, very glad I went? Absolutely. Um, is it kind of one of those bucket list things that you check off and, and, and possibly say, yep, been there, done that? Maybe. Uh, but it was pretty fun. So that was the kind of stuff going on. Um, you know, one one example of the things we did in August. So, but uh, yeah, then then back to the groove. Uh, lots of stuff at work, and uh, it's been good. Girls are good. They're uh, they're back to school. Ruth is back uh, teaching. Actually, that's uh, probably a, I should probably do an interview with her and say, "Tell me about your job, honey." Um, but that sort of changed the dynamic of of home. Um, I'm the one getting the girls off to uh, to school in the morning now. They're doing fine. Um, they're going to be. Uh, about a month, they're going to be 11 and 8. So, yeah, those of you that remember, you know, when Chloe was born, uh, <laughs> time time flies. Um, I hooked up a, uh, a DVD player at my folks' place, and one of the sample DVDs we had was actually a, uh, a video CD, remember that format, um, of Candela's first year. All her, you know, baby footage and stuff. 
that was kind of strange to watch. That video CDs made sense 10 years ago. They really don't now. Um, now we have, you know, just throw it on YouTube and, and it'd be fine. But, uh, wow, was she ever that small? I guess she was. Time does kind of fly. So, uh, which happens in the podcasting world too. You blink and you realize it's been two months since I've done a podcast. Sorry about that. So let me know what you think. Um, do, do, can reconnect. <laughs> let's let's say let's say hi again. Um, it's been you know the past week. Um, it's actually nice to to, uh, to catch up with a couple um, old work or college friends um, that I hadn't seen in years. You know, same same sort of thing. It's like okay, this this, this we can we can do this. Let's um, let's touch base. Say hi. Um, 206-339-3742, listener feedback line. Um, any other way you want to get a hold of me is fine too, but, uh, but that one's good. Um, let's get this thing rolling again, see what we can come up with. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.